Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Last week's live show was certainly an interesting one with what was going on in the market last week, and tonight is going to be equally as interesting, as we'll discuss what actually happened last week as we take a look at the Australian market, and for my topic of the night, I'll share with you why setting stop losses creates a profitable stock market portfolio. As always, I'll answer your questions, analyze your stocks, and a whole lot more. Hello and welcome, I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now they say a week can be a long time in the market, but uh, so can a day. Uh, This time last week, the Australian All Ordinaries Index had fallen 4.38% in the two days, being Monday and Tuesday. The market noise was doom and gloom around everywhere, and many of you were fearful and concerned about world markets and your stocks. In fact, talk of recessions and whole range of different doomy, gloomy type of topics was the topic of the day in the early part of last week. Now, to me, the market was just business as usual and that nothing was really out of the norm. And I was suggesting that there was nothing to worry about. So what actually happened? Well, last week was just another example of how the big end of town used the market and media to get you to react. Uh, There's an old saying that if you think education is expensive, then see how much ignorance actually costs you. Last week again highlights that being ignorant in how the market works is much more expensive than getting a good education. As many investors or uneducated traders emotionally reacted to the market noise, they sold stocks and generally made poor investing or trading decisions. Now for those who watched last week's live show, you would remember I quoted Stephen Hawking who said the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance, it's the illusion of knowledge. Now here again, last week brought many examples of people who mistakenly believe that they have knowledge. And in the past few weeks, I've received emails from people watching this channel, espousing many personal opinions about the market, with the vast majority showing their lack of knowledge and ignorance around trading and how the market actually works. Now, I fully support the fact that everyone really is entitled to their own opinion, but opinions are like backsides. Everyone's got one, but only a few are worth paying attention to. Now, the vast majority of investors and traders listen to market noise, whether from the media, chat forums, newsletters, and other mediums. And worldwide, the majority of investors and traders struggle with gaining good returns and being consistent in their results with their portfolio. Now, the best traders and investors are the outliers who act independently of all of this noise. 
Now, if last week you were fearful of what the market or your stocks would do, um, and if you're still fearful of what the market or your stocks will do, then you've got either two choices. <coughs> Excuse me. Either you can continue down the path you have been and keep getting the pretty much the same results as you've been getting, or you can change your strategy. As they say, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get what you've always got. Now, it's your money and it's your choice. So changing your strategy will require you to, will require you to make a decision. It also requires you to think differently and to commit to putting in time and effort so you actually achieve success that you're desiring. There's another old saying that uh, you can't fly like an eagle if you're hanging around with turkeys. Think about it for a minute. Now, it's the second Tuesday in the month, and that means first up, we're going to look at sectors and indices in the Australian market. And as normal, earlier I recorded my thoughts. Now, whilst you watch the video, I'll get into the chat forum and look at the questions and stocks that you want me to look at tonight so I can be ready to look at everything for you later on in the show. So let's get the video going, and I'll see you again back here in a few minutes. Well, wasn't the last week on the Australian market an exciting one? Uh, obviously, we started out earlier in the week down. I think we're down about 4% for the week on Monday and Tuesday last week. But we've come back over the three days of the final half or the final half and a bit or 60% of last week. The market traded up. Now, so far this week, Monday and Tuesday, we've had a little bit of indecision still as the market's still working out what it wants to do. But uh, that doesn't stop us from looking at the market with a, with a logical mind and obviously looking at where where opportunities may be moving forward in the coming one, two, three months, and also what areas to avoid or what to get out of. So what I've done now is as Tuesday is the second Tuesday of the month, we're looking at the sectors or the size, sorry, the size indices in our market. The third week we'll be looking at sectors in our market. So if we uh, look at the screen right now, you'll see I've got a one month uh, watch list and this is showing the major indices in the Australian stock market. So we've got the All Ordinaries Index, we've got, uh, which is up in here. And those are all in percentage order in terms of the growth percentages that they've had. So if I click on that, you can see there it's listed in growth percentages in terms of the worst return to the highest return and vice versa. So now at the top here is the highest return so far for the month. So we're looking at the last one month from the 1st of August through to now. So right now this month so far in August as we're roughly about halfway through it, we can see the Emergency emergent, Emerging Companies Index is only around down around 2% where the mid cap 50 is around 3.72. But it really doesn't show us a trend of what's actually going on in the market and where the money's flowing. All too often people will look at the market with a, uh, with a microscopic view and say, well, what's happening today? So if I look at the daily one, you can see you know, those percentages on a daily basis. If I look at it on a weekly basis, you'll see slightly different ones. But looking at it over the year now, this is the year from the 1st of January. So we're seeing a huge difference in the returns there. So sea of green, which means all of the indices are up. Now looking at here, the emergency, emerging, I can't say that, can I? Emerging Companies Index, which is a stock code of EXEC. It's up 25.7, uh, 25.27% for the year from 1 January right through to now. So that's where a lot of the, the growth has actually been. And you can see here the ASX 50 is second highest at 17.41. 
followed by the All Australian 50 at 17.39, the 200 at 17. Uh, and going down here, the mid-cap 50 is only up around 14%. The ASX 20 is up about 15%. Now here's, these bottom end is where I would suggest where the opportunity goes for the second half of the year. Often you'll see stocks or areas run for three, six months, sometimes nine months, and then they'll slow down their momentum and the other areas will pick up. So you're seeing a shifting of money between large companies and small companies. And when the market is about to go bullish, it's coming, it will generally come from those top 20 top 50 companies um, on the market. Now the ASX 50 has done quite well, but it's still held behind that emerging, emerging companies index. But right now I think this is where we need to be looking um, at it in terms of the, the top 20, top 50. The mid caps are where is another area, so where you need to be looking at for opportunities moving forward in this second half of uh, 2019. Now I'm just gonna go into the, what we call a relative rotation graph. And again, uh, I won't explain these to you. I do look at these quite regularly. Now this is momentum and volatility at play in the marketplace. So if I zoom that up, you'll see here these, there's four different sectors here. This cross right apex right there is the uh, top 200. So the apex is all of these indices compared to the top 200 or the XJO is what they call it. And the XJO is generally what the industry use as a benchmark. So they benchmark against those top 200 stocks um, in the marketplace. But you can see here leading the charge is the XAF, which is the 50, the XFL, and over here the XTL is the 20. So that's moving from improving, now starting to move into leading. This is the one where we need, need to look at, but also the ones down here, if I just pull back a little bit, and pull back a little bit further, you'll see what I'm talking about. Here's that XMD, that mid-cap 50. To me, that's where the area is gonna provide a lot more opportunity, because it says down there it's lagging. So it's lagging behind the top 200 stock index, which means those, that mid cap 50 there, those 50 stocks in that are likely to outperform in the, in the coming six, next six months, three to six months. A little bit early right now, but I'd be looking at those, putting those on my watch list for the coming months. And obviously you've got the, that small ordinaries that's been really, really weakening. So it's gone right back down. It is coming into this sort of area, but they're slowing and that's the area that's slowing down the fastest at this point in time. But right now, I think, as I said, the XMD and obviously the top 20 are the two places that you need to be looking at your stocks. Now, if you go to, if you want to find out what stocks are or what the stocks are in those sectors or indices, obviously the top 20 is easy to find. But if you just type in S&P or Standard and Poor's, um, ASX 20, S&P, Standard and Poor's, Midcap 50, uh, you can go to the Standard and Poor's website. It'll actually list all the constituents there for you. Um, I don't necessarily really like going to the S&P website. That's pretty strange um, because it is quite complex. It's a hard website to navigate. But generally, if you do Google it properly and put S&P, um, ASX uh, top 50, top 20, you'll be able to get the constituents just with a few different clicks. But um, you know, it is, as I said, don't expect it's gonna be super, super easy, but it's not hard to get uh, those different stock constituents. And when you've got the top 20 or the top 50 there, have a good look at them and look at ones that have been lagging behind the rest of the market and are about to move up. And obviously there's a few stocks that we have looked at over the past couple of weeks that have been doing that, some of the big stocks, and uh, they'll be playing catch up over the next three to six months away. So I said, that's where I think the opportunities are going to arise over uh, the coming year at this point in time. So that's it for me for my report on the, the indices in the Australian stock market for this week. So let's get back to tonight's show.
Welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed my take on the um, indices in the market. I just realized that I was supposed to do the sectors and the indices. And uh, on my Optima workbook, you would have seen the tabs next to it were the sectors in the 200. So I'll have a look at those in a little while. Um, but for now, we'll actually get into some of the emails that I've received over the past few days. And thanks for everyone who sent them in. It really does help me sending emails in. So remember, info at Wealth Within. Shoot your emails in. Type in the subject line Wealth Within Live and uh, ask me a question. But the first one is from Steve who says, thanks Dale, I'm thinking of starting modules four and five um, of our diploma around October, if that's possible. Yes, it is. Steve, you can start there. Steve's done our short course, which is our, the first three modules of our full diploma. So he's did that a little while ago and he wants to finish his diploma. He says, if you could take a look at Ansel for me and let me know your thoughts. Um, or analysis on the show, that would be great. I entered on the 29th of July based on Dow Theory after some solid monthly and weekly gains from January 19. A high peak, a high trough and an up bar formed the week ending Friday the 26th of July and I've set my stop loss at 15%. Cheers. So let's bring uh, Ansel up onto the uh, charting software and have a bit of a look at it. Now on your screen right now is Ansel and you can see here if I go to monthly chart you can see it's a great stock but it does have a bit of volatility on it now part of the issues with Ansel is you can see how these tops are around that 1515 15. these ones are around about 15 sorry 1515 15. these ones are around about 1480 um, these ones are a bit lower sorry um, 1415 not 1515 15. and obviously it's all-time high they're at $30.40 so currently these sorts of highs it's sitting around that uh, um, oh geez, what's going on here? That's my pricing here. Um, that's a 28.11. So why was that saying I was reading the wrong figures? Were they? No, I wasn't. Let me have a look here. Um, 29.10. These ones are. I don't know what was going on. I was reading the wrong figures, or something was going on. Um, 29.10, and this high here is about 28.45. So the most recent high, 28. Uh, 2814 2810 so you're looking at it's a lot of resistance around this sort of 28 29 so we do need to be a little bit careful but it's hit it so many times my guess is it's probably going to go through the next time it does go up because it does trend quite well this stock so i do like it uh, at this point in time it is making um, higher highs and higher lows on the monthly chart and on the weekly chart it's pretty much doing the same thing so if we have a nice look at the weekly chart um, and it, as the, the uh, email suggested, it's been going up since January. So you could have bought this beautifully as one of our students bought it on a trend line and be doing really, really nicely right now. So let's say he bought it somewhere around about there. He'd be sitting on 20% profit um, in the first half of this year, roughly, roughly seven months. He'd be sitting on a really, really nice profit. But it does look good to me. I think it's got further to go. Um, if it does break that high there of 28.14, which I would suggest it would do, um, just be careful around this high here, which is 29.64, but I would suggest it will go through that. It's hit it this sort of 28.29 so many times. I think now it's a bit more sustainable and it will get through, but really, really good question um, from you, Steve. So, and I'm looking forward to supporting on modules four and five. This is where I get to, well, Jenny and I get to mentor you one-on-one -on -one with all your questions and help you with your trading. But our next question comes from, looks like Dale Thomason who says, evening Dale, just looking at Elders, or ELD is the stock ticket code, looks to me that it is on, a, on its way down in the monthly and weekly chart. Elders has been one of those sick stock, or sick, 
looking stocks for many, many years. But uh, he says, I'm wondering if you think there is potential for this stock to go back to its former glory of 100 to $200. Mate, anything's possible. Um, but when is the, the operative word? Anything's possible. It could go to 100, 200, could go to $500, but that's just what it could do. All stocks have potential to go up to there, but when is it likely to do it? That's the other question. And normally when people ask me about, well, is this gonna get back up to this level and when's it gonna do that? You know, Sometimes you're just asking a piece of string because whilst uh, as a trader, the only two things that I can do is determine when I buy and when I sell, that's it. Everything else is up to the market. What's going on in the market, the volatility, how whether the economy is going really well. So the speed of the market and speed of the stocks really is dependent on a lot of factors. So to me, if it's going up, it's going up. If it's going down, it's going down. Keep it that simple. But um, right now, we'll go and have a look at it in a second. But uh, he says, uh, he keeps, goes on to say, if this stock shows signs of going up again, I may be interested in buying and currently have no stocks with elders think so he may be interested in buying so really about having your rules and looking at it because there's lots of stocks that are going up and doing quite well but let's look at elders now um, so I've just brought it up on the screen so again monthly chart on the left weekly chart on the right and you can see what I mean with elders being one of those stocks that just fell away and you can see here how it was a beautiful stock here and it's really changed its personality um, over the last sort of decade but here but if I put my little price range percentage tool on it, you can see how much it fell. You know, it fell nearly 100% of its, um, from its high, and currently it's still down around 97% from its high. So it is not necessarily bottom picking now because it has stabilized. You can see here it stabilized through here. And if I get rid of this early part, and you can see, obviously that's what uh, he was talking about, up around 220, 230 there. But if we go get rid of that early part, now you can see how this stock is actually trending quite nicely over the past sort of few years. So from 2013 right through to June 2018, it's beautiful and it's done a really nice little pattern here. So I would suggest this stock does look bullish to me. It's just done a bit of a retracement from June last year down into June this year. It's had its yearly uh, big nice move down, but I think it looks quite nice. Uh, let's go down to the weekly chart and have a quick look at that. It does look really, really nice, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, you are looking at it. I'm not going to tell you where to buy this stock. I mean, our students would already be in this stock if they were looking at it. They would have already bought it um, way back. They would have bought it probably, you know, um, a few weeks back before this big bar. So they would have got in here nicely. Um, but right now it does look good. Just be careful. If it does, if it breaks through there, I think uh, I'd be quite comfortable in saying it's going to move through these highs and do quite well medium to longer term. So it's a nice looking stock at this point in time. I think it's still a little bit lower on the liquidity scale, but it should be increasing, but it's not too bad. Yeah, 674,000 shares at $6. So it is a bit low in the liquidity stakes in volume being traded. And if I'd put that on here, and let's go back to the weekly chart, you'll see what I mean in terms of its liquidity is picking up, but it was quite low through here. Um, and it has been lower right through these early days through here, but it does look a little bit better nowadays and looks like it'll be supported, but it has gone through a whole restructuring, I suppose, or a whole change in what it does, but uh, it really does look pretty good. Now, what I'm gonna do now is go through and have a look quickly, uh, go to the sectors and show you, talk about that, because as I said, I did miss that bit in the recording, so I'll quickly go through the sectors. Then I'll get into the chat and we'll have a look at some of the questions that you're asking and some of the stocks that you want. So that was the size industry. So now we're going into the sectors and we're looking at the sectors here from this month. So this is the first of 
August through to now, and you can see real estate's just in the positive where we're talking about information technologies down around 8% for the month so far. And if we look at the current week, which is only a couple of days, you can see a little bit different there, but let's go and look at the year and just have a look at that. And you can see communication services is up 31% for the year, followed by industrials, information technology, real estate, and healthcare all up very, very nicely. But looking here, we've got utilities, energy, financials, and consumer staples. But energy and utilities, they're areas that I would look at. And there's a few stocks there that I am looking at at this point in time for our clients that I'm actually looking at buying for our clients in these sectors and also financials. And I remember I did talk about financials last week. I have talked about the banks and the financials on my report, everything except AMP. AMP looks like the dog stock at this point in time. So please, and a big, big, big warning. If you look at AMP and if you look at my uh, report yesterday um, on uh, the Australian stock market, I did look at AMP. Friday, it was Thursday, I was in a trading halt. Friday, it went up 5%. Yesterday at one stage was down 5% before closing down 3%. Do not pick AMP at this point in time. Don't bottom pick, don't try and bottom pick. Stay right out of it until we get a lot more signs of strength on that stock because it really does look sick. But outside of that, the banks I really do like. My preferred banks are CBA and Westpac for the banks. Macquarie's been the best performing bank um, on the Australian market since the GFC and it does also look good, but we might be able to look at that a little bit later. But I'd be looking at these ones, consumer staples, financials, energies, utilities, but I wouldn't give materials a miss either. I think they're just easing off or have been easing off for a little bit. Um, but they look better. But you, these ones up the top, I'd be looking for them to start turning and coming down a little bit and easing off that point of view. So that's my take on, or my higher level take on the indices or the sector indices within the um, all order, not the all orders index, the XJO, which I mentioned in my report. So, um, so that's where you're looking for your opportunities. Now let's just bring up the stocks again. I'll just save that, but let me go into the chat and I'll have a bit of a look at the chat. Um, we've got Nat Allison, he said, uh, who says, I just started the short course in share trading. Oh, well done, matey. Congratulations. Thanks for getting onto the course. Um, in uh, module one, I've been familiarizing myself, I can get my mouth to work, um, with the top 20 index, XTL. Thanks for the fantastic educational material across all your platforms. Thanks, mate. Um, good to see you on the chat forum. But if you need help, our support team are always there to help you. Um, ben Edwards says, hi Dale, currently have Web and TWE on my watch list. Would love to hear your thoughts on a possible entry point if uh, any, both are yet to report this week. Thanks, Ben. So let's go and have a look at uh, Web and then we'll also look at uh, Treasury Wines Estate. That's the other one that we've looked at uh, as well. So Webjet, um, really, it's it's interesting stock, Webjet. It's, it's obviously, if our economy is doing really well and we're traveling a lot, it does a little bit better and if it's not going that well, it does a little bit worse because uh, obviously Webjet's in booking flights and accommodation and everything else. But interesting, what worries me is this lower peak through here um, and it's a little bit of indecision right around here. You can see that on these bars at this point in time. So there's some resistance across here and a bit of indecision. So this does look good so far for this month for, and we're halfway, nearly halfway through August. So it does look all right. Had a bit of a downward move, but it does look all right. Um, but this does look more bearish through to me with all the lower troughs and lower peaks, but I'm not suggesting it's not going to go up. But right now I'd be staying out of this a little bit. It doesn't, um, he does say he has web. Um, so if you do have web, I'd be really seriously looking at having a solid exit strategy on this just in case. I'm not suggesting it will, but having one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 12 weeks down, 
suggest weakness to me. So if it does start to move down over the next couple of weeks, then I'd be making sure I've got a stop loss on this stock, matey. So that's that uh, for Ben. Um, and the other one's Treasury Wines Estates. Um, interesting stock, this one. It has been really bullish for quite a long time. And um, its all-time high there is back in May 2018. Just came off, eased off nicely, but it's, it's just slowly, slowly moving up. It's almost like a sort of an edge. It's like a pushed over rectangle here. And it's just moving up this sort of looks more of a bearish pattern to me and i won't go into why but right now it's not falling away which is a good sign it's also had a higher trough it's also had a higher peak which is also positive signs but looking at your weekly chart here we're seeing this big sideways movement where it's struggling to push through this sort of level here 1758 to 17 1750 to $18 and it's really struggling. So if we start getting some red bars through here, then I would suggest it could be in trouble. And if it does break through this level, I'd be really getting out of this stock because it's probably got a lot further to fall, but it would need to get through this sort of level and strongly through that level before I would get excited about it at this point in time. So I'm not suggesting it's a sell. What I am suggesting is it's a very careful watch if that makes sense to you. So uh, just be careful, Ben, on that. Um, Adrian Frizzo says, hi, Dale. Hey, you doing, Adrian? Um, what have we got? Greg says, City on Costa Group at a loss. Why are you still hanging on to that, matey? We've talked about that a few times. Let's have a look at Costa Group. I know you've brought it up several times and, um, you know, I've given you advice on this. And the end of the day is you've got to make a decision on what you want to do. Whether you want to hold it or you want to sell it. And the first loss you take is always the best loss. It really is. Rip the band-aid off. Um, I'm not telling you to hold it. I'm not telling you to sell it. But this looks sick. It really does. It doesn't look, look like it's going to go up. Um, and it gave it a bit of a try there. And I probably did tell you at the time if it starts to fall away to not own the stock. But obviously you're still hanging on to it. But um, you know you can keep asking me all, my, all, all you like about what's happening with this stock. But right now... You need to make some decisions on whether you know, you're wanting to hold it or you're wanting to sell it. Because unless you know how far it's going to fall, you could be sitting on a bigger loss later on. And I'm not saying you're going to. I'm just saying at this point in time, it looks like that. Um, but tomorrow it could take off. I don't know. And that's the point with the market is volatility. You cannot predict. Um, if they come out tomorrow with some awesome news and it takes off like a rocket, then that's trading. It really, really is. But um, we have rules around stocks for a reason. Um, and you need to follow those. But um, right now, I can't see any reason why I would own Costa Group at this point in time. So um, what do we got here? Lee Vassy says, hi, Dale. Everyone looking forward to tonight's show. Thanks very much. Troy Davison. Oh, hey, matey. How are you doing? I haven't spoken to you for ages. Um, hi, Dale. Thank you for your show. It's awesome to watch. I don't miss a show. Fantastic. I hold ECX in my portfolio. What are your thoughts? I'm also loving the diploma course. Thank you. Thanks, Troy. Um, let's go and have a look at ECX um, for a few minutes. Looking at that, um, I don't like it, matey. It looks, yeah, it's all right. Um, I'm not sure exactly why you're holding it at this point in time. You might have, I'm suggesting you've probably been holding it for quite a while, actually, but uh, maybe you shouldn't be. But this is much of a bearish sign. We've had one, two, three, four months up, but really it's not giving me a lot of signs that it is moving up. That's nice, and I do like that. That's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's looking all right, um, and it is closing that gap. So you could be all right if you bought in early down in here. Then I think that's a pretty good trade at this point in time. I would think it's a bit more higher risk trade from that point of view, but it does look good. I do don't mind this stock at this point in time for a bit more of a, um, uh, a medium term view. But 
Uh, if we'd start seeing any red bars through here, I'd be worried about it continuing to fall away, but it's not too bad. Um, so just be careful, make sure you put your stops on it, buddy. And we're gonna talk about stop losses in a little bit anyway. So uh, next one, um, Geppert. Um, hi, Dale, I'd like you to look at Wally. Yeah, I've got Wally up here for you, matey. Um, and looking at that right now, I wouldn't, I'm not sure whether you own it or you don't own it, but right now I wouldn't own it. Um, it doesn't look too bad. I've been watching this one pretty closely over the last sort of month or two. And I was actually back here, I was actually quite excited about it last month. I'm thinking, yeah, this might go through and then take off through that point. And I was looking at this because um, I did a, a combination, or it's not a, a correlation. I did a um, comparing Monodelphus and this one and looking at the Aussie US dollar. And I did that for our students. I did this huge recording for our students about four or five weeks ago with these two stocks uh, because they're similar in terms of what they do. Mining industry is booming. These stocks will obviously get some of that because of what they do and they'll come along for the ride pretty much. And so um, it was looking pretty good over a month ago, but this past couple of weeks, it doesn't seem to be as strong, but interesting if it can hold up around these sorts of areas through here, um, sort of around that area, not really drop through this sort of area through here, then I'd say it's a probably all right, but again, I'm not going to get excited of it until it gets sort of through that 1645 area and really does show me that it's got some more bullishness to it and there's some enough oomph into it to get it to go a little bit further. So, but um, um, but that's really what I'm looking for at this point in time. Now, um, I think it's um, time to we actually moved on. I mean, obviously with the chat, if you've got a question, please put it down to the chat. But really, I can't get to every single person's question. As you're seeing, it's just getting a bit busier and um, I try and do mix it up all the time. So if I don't get to your questions, not because I don't want to answer it, it's just because time doesn't permit us to get to every single person. Um, and also I'm trying to mix up some of the stocks from time to time, but it does get a little bit hard because some people just keep asking about the same stock or people will keep asking about the same stocks and you'll see little, um, how do I say it, um, patterns there like for a while there it was all about bubs and then other times it's been about a2 milks or bellamy's or those sorts of stocks so but uh, but um, we now have uh, the time for the tonight's sh topic show or topic for tonight's show um, which is why setting stop losses creates a profitable stock market portfolio so we're going to get stuck into that because this really is one of the most important areas that you can ever get your teeth into when it comes to trading. In reality, if you wanna be a consistently profitable trader, you need to not only know how and why you're going to enter into a trade, but more importantly, when and where you will exit. Now, I don't know how many times people tell me they know how to buy, but they don't know how to sell. And I would suggest 99% of those people don't know how to buy properly. Just because you can buy a stock doesn't mean you know how to buy. It just means you can buy. Um, and that place to trade. But it doesn't mean, mean you know all the processes and all the ins and outs and all the proper strategies and processes uh, and have a proper trading strategy to enter into it as well. Um, a lot of mistakes are, making, are being made because people are buying. But even more mistakes are happening because people don't exit properly. Now remember, successfully investing in the stock market is not about how much money you can make on any one trade. Rather, it's about how much you do not lose. In other words, it's about minimizing your risk, not maximizing your profits. If you don't make 10% or you lose 10%, which is worse? And a lot of people say, oh, not making 10% is worse than losing 10%. Well, no, losing 10% is worse. If you lose 10%, you've got to make 11% to break even. If you don't make 10%, you just don't make 10%. 
you've not lost money, you just haven't made 10%. So it's worse to hang on to a stock that's falling. If you lose 50%, the remaining capital needs to make 100% to just break even. And I see so many people do that. Nonetheless, it's been my experience that many people actually focus on the latter in terms of making more money with little regard to the former, that's protecting your capital. In contrast, the most successful investors I know consistently average good returns in their portfolio by minimizing the risk. My job, my whole and sole job for our clients and for myself is to be a risk manager and that's exactly what I do. So yes, I'm a trader, but really I'm a risk manager and that's exactly what my job is. Now, not being exposed to heavy losses is in itself one of the key principles to successful investing. Now, this is so important that I'll say it again, not being exposed to heavy losses is in itself one of the key principles to a successful investing. Write that down, take it home, put it on your wall. Make no mistake, settling, settling stop losses on stocks can, or setting stop losses on stocks can be challenging, as you need to be close enough to your buy price to ensure you do not lose more than 2% of your total capital, yet it's far enough away that if the stock or the stock has room to move in case it falls for a short period of time after you buy into it. Now, individuals frequently set stop losses far too tight and end up losing only to find that the stock they had rises again after they're stopped out. Setting your stop losses too tight is a sign that you either fear, you have a fear of losing, you lack confidence in yourself or your rules or all three of those. Now, the result is that you get more losing, which is what you're trying to avoid in the first place. Now, when setting a stop loss on blue chip stocks, you have a couple of options. First one is to set your stop loss at a percentage of your buy price, where your stop loss is usually 10 to 15% below your buy price. Now, how close you set it will depend on the volatility of the stock you're actually looking to buy. Now, you need to allow for minor fluctuations in the price as the stock settles into a trend. Remember we talked about last week that the stock market goes up in stairs and comes down in elevators. So you do need to allow the price of the stock to move up and then come down a bit, move up and come down a bit. Often two traders set their stop losses too tight to not allow for those fluctuations. And all they do is over trade and not make really much money. Because setting a stop loss too tight, let's say 5% of your buy price leaves very little room for the stock to move and it will decrease your probability of a winning trade. Now say that one again, it will decrease your probability of a winning trade. Um, and some people say to me, oh, I only wanna set it at 5% because I don't wanna lose 10%. That's another mentality about a fear of losing. You're not losing 10% if you set a stop loss at 10% because what you're doing is allowing the stock to fluctuate enough so that you stay in the trade long enough to make the money because often you won't get stopped out, but it's just there to protect your capital just in case. By setting it start type stop loss tighter, you'll get stopped out far more times and you'll lose far more money. Now, alternately, you can set the stop loss at a price point where you know with high probability that your analysis may be wrong. Now, I recommend calculating both stop losses and then using the one that gives you the least amount of loss. So let's take a look at how you do this. Now let's say you decide to buy into XYZ investment company because you believe it will rise up in the long term uptrend. Now the stock closes on its last day of trading at $1 and you want to purchase the stock when the market opens the next day. Your trading capital is $10,000 and you want to use 20% of that $10,000 or $2,000 to purchase the stock. 
and you set a stop loss of 15% below your buy price. Now your stop loss calculation would look like this. So your buy price is a dollar, you multiply that by 15%, which is equal to 15 cents. Therefore your stop loss is your buy price of $1 minus the 15 cents, which equals 85 cents. Now if the stock closes one cent below your stop loss of 85 cents on any day, you would sell the stock to protect your capital. Very simple. Now you need to convert this calculation to actual money or the trading capital you stand to lose. Most traders don't do this. You always need to quantify things down into dollars and cents. Because what you don't want to do is risk more than 2% of your total capital. Remember we had $10,000. Now your calculation would look like this. So we have our $2,000 position size times our 15%, it's $300. So the amount of possible loss that you subject yourself to is $300 and then we divide 10,000 into that, then multiply that by 100 and we end up with 3%. Now remember we only want to risk more than, no more than 2%. So if you take this trade using a 15% stop loss, you stand to lose 3% of your trading capital, which is above the allowable risk of no more than 2% of your total capital, and therefore this is unacceptable. Consequently, you need to reduce your stop loss until you reduce your risk level to 2% or below, or you can reduce your position size, but which in this example would equate to a stop loss of setting at 10%. So you set your stop loss at 10%. Now the second stop loss that you need to work at is the price point where you know with high probability that you're wrong in your analysis. Now this stop loss is determined using your entry rules. For example, if you bought when a stock crossed above a trend line, you would know your analysis was wrong if the stock traded back below the lowest low immediately prior to the stock trading above that trend line. This is because a stock in an uptrend continually achieves higher lows or higher troughs. But when it makes a lower low, it suggests that the uptrend is in trouble. Now in the example on the screen, you can see that the lowest low prior to stock crossing above the trend line is 1961. So if you bought into that stock and after it crossed above the trend line at $28.70, and then it fell and broke below the low of 1961, you, just, you would stand to lose 32% or $633 of your $2,000 trading capital using this stop loss. This is in excess of our 2% allowable risk level as it equates to over 6% of your total capital of $10,000. Therefore, in this case, it makes sense to just use the percentage stop loss of 10% as this will enable you to exit the trade with the least amount of loss. Now, another effective method for preserving your capital is to set a trailing stop loss, which involves raising your stop loss as the price of the stock rises. Now there are various ways to do this, but probably the best known and one of the easiest methods is to use an uptrend line as your trailing stop loss. Now as you can see on the screen, the trend line is following the trend of the stock and providing a trailing stop loss to protect your capital. If the stock closed below the trend line, you just simply sell. It's also a common practice for people to set profit targets when selling stocks, where the exit is set at a predetermined level of profit. In my experience, this is done because the individual fears losing the profits they've already made, which stems from the fact that they don't have the knowledge to enact a proper plan, they don't trust the plan they have, or they don't trust themselves to apply that plan properly. 
So this is sort of stuff that we talk about all the time. You need to educate yourself, have a proper plan, have a proper strategy. If you don't, then you're going to be inconsistent. Now this also explains why people who use this exit strategy generally achieve returns well below their expectation. Because as the name suggests, a profit stop actually stops your profits, which defies the golden rule of letting your profits run. Remember the golden rule, let profits run, cut losses short. Most traders do the opposite. They let their losses run and cut their profits short. Now I strongly recommend you do not use this strategy. Always let a stock confirm with you that what it will do before you act, which means always trade with solid rules that you trust. If you don't trust your rules or yourself, then practice those until you do trust your rules and trust yourself. Now here again, I will mention context versus content. And it's vital to you understand what I'm referring to here. You see, I get emails from individuals watching this channel asking, why did I get stopped out or why did this occur when something else would occur or should occur? Now sometimes the reason is that they're using a rule, tool or technique out of context to what it was designed for. You see, just because you intellectually know what something is, doesn't mean you know how to make money from it. Let me explain. Most of you would be aware of the concept of trend lines. Here's what I, uh, I meant by content as you're aware of this tool or technique. But let me say that though, even though that you do understand the concept or you do understand what a trend line is, unless you're a student of mine, there are ch the chances of you being able to apply that tool or technique correctly and in the right context is around about 2%. Meaning most people that tell me they understand trend lines and how to draw them can't do that uh, unless they're a student of mine. And I've been teaching people for over 20 years and I find that's the case all of the time. You see, just understanding what a word is or what a tool is doesn't mean you know how to make money from it, as I was saying earlier. Now, the reason being is that you got some information on how this tool works, but you did not get any education on why it works, when it works, and how to use it in the right way, and hence you will struggle with it. And I constantly find that with people. They say, I'm buying and selling, I've got these rules or I've got these techniques, but they don't really understand them to any great depth. It's all very high level. Now it's highly likely that you either have no rules in how to apply a trend line tool or you do if you do have some rules you'll have at best one or two rules around drawing trend lines. Now I'm not talking about buying and selling here, I'm just talking about how to draw a trend line and most of you will be sitting there going, yeah that's me, I don't have any rules or I've got one or two. I have six rules for drawing trend lines. So let me ask you, are my trend lines going to be far better applied in terms of context than yours? And will my trend lines yield far better results than yours? And the answer is yes. I will always beat you in terms of profitability and consistency using my trend lines over what the majority of people do. So to wrap this up, many of you are using rules and tools that you do not really know and understand. And so you're using them out of context and this is costing you dearly in your trading. And when I say you do not know the rule or tool, what I mean here is that you might intellectually understand what it is, but you do not really know how to any, or know about it in any great depth, the why and the how. Now I sincerely hope you got uh, a lot out of my topic for this week, as it is above all the most critical aspect of your trading in investing, that you need to get your head around. Failure to set stop losses or a proper exit strategy will and does kill portfolio returns. In short, if you wish to get better returns, then get better at selling. Now, this take on stop losses was really, really high level. There's a lot of detail that 
I haven't put into that and there's a lot of different ways to set stop losses and triggers on stop losses. And so if you wish more detail, then you'll find some more in my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, It's Your Money, Your Choice. So get into bookstores and, and get one or get online and get yourself a copy. Um, if you'd like me to tackle a subject for you, also just let me know uh, and I'll see what we can if we can do that subject for you. But for now, I think it's time we got back into the chat and some more stocks for everybody. Okay, so let me have a bit of a look. Um, yes, um, we've got one from Hackers. He says, hi Dale, thanks for your books. I've read them both over the past couple of months. I hold Macquarie Group bought at $87, looking bearish on a weekly. What are your thoughts on the medium term? Yeah, we'll have a look at Macquarie Group. I don't think I've got it up there yet, so let's have a bit of a look at it. Um, I did mention I wanted to have a look at it anyway. So MQG, let me look at that. It is, as I said, the best performing stock on the Australian stock market over the last, that's uh, all since the GFC, and it really has been um, the best performing stock on the Australian stock market um, since that. And you can see how bullish it's actually been. Look at that big move through here down into 2011. It just took off like a rocket. But if I keep going back, you can see that 2009 low after the GFC. So it was hit worst during the GFC. It was the worst performing bank for a little bit. Um, and then at one stage here, we're up 827%. So looking beautiful, um, really, really nice. I, I think it's probably pushed its run too hard. I'm not sure. I do like this stock, but I think it's getting more probability it'll start to fall away. So I wouldn't be buying this for sort of the longer term, but you can see here how the move up through here has been quite nice. Um, and if I grab that tool, if I can grab it, and move it, you can see this one's on the same angle. And I would suggest if it started breaking through this angle, through this trend line here, I'd actually, well, it's not really a trend line, I'm just using the angle, but if it broke through that angle, then I would be exiting the stock. If you do own it, and I'm not sure whether you do own it, um, you didn't, where you set it here, I'm not sure. Uh, da, 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 yeah, you bought it at 87, so you bought it down here, so you're in nice profit at this point in time, so I'd be protecting that with a stop loss um, on that, so please do that, but right now it does look pretty good from that point of view. Um, so let's get on to, let's get on to another one, um, where we got here? Um, I've got Michael Sopali, hi Dale, bought into Flight Center and Lend Lease for short term, I'm down approximately 5% on both. Um, my question is, how do you stay positive when you're down? Lol, still hold them. Cheers, love the show. So we'll have a quick look on that. And that's just your psychology, mate. And that's just about having rules around uh, your stocks. And that's really is. Flights, can I say 5% is bugger all. It's like stuff all. Uh, don't even worry about 5% loss on them at this point in time. And I definitely wouldn't be worried about 5% um, on these two stocks because they are very, very nice looking stocks. But um, all too often when people are in stocks and they start to lose, they start to get stressed and everything else. And that will happen to your portfolio. You're never going to have 100% of your stocks going up 100% of the time. It's just trading. And losses are a part of trading. If you're in the market and you don't expect to lose at some stage, then you really need to stand in front of the mirror and talk to the person looking at you because it will happen. You will sell stocks that you will lose money on. And the sooner you get used to that, the better it is for your trading. And I often say to our students, you need to be really dispassionate about things. They're just stocks. They're not like your child. They're just stocks. And you just buy them when they're going up, sell them when they're going down. And if you can get that dispassionate about it, then you'll be a far better investor and trader. Uh, and that's really what you need to look at. And as I said, 5% is not really much, but let's have a quick look at Flight Center and Lend Lease anyway. So let me just bring that up. Flight Center looks great. I don't know what you're worried about. You probably bought in at the wrong 
stage, and which is probably why you're um, a little bit stressed at, at this point in time. But if we bring, put that on, if you bought up here and you can see you're down at 5%, so you bought it at the wrong time. You should have bought a little bit earlier and had a bit more rules, but right now it still looks quite nice. I do like Flight Center. Um, I think if it gets through this sort of level here, this sort of $46, $47 level, I think it's really medium term bullish. So I don't think you've got much to worry about it. But again, we talked about stop losses tonight, have a stop loss on it uh, and really do that. So put 15% below your buy price. So if you bought at, let's say you bought at the higher there at 47, 53, multiply that by 15%, take it off 47, 53. If it closes below that, get out of it, and that's the way you do it, uh, and then go next. Lend lease, very similar. I do like Lend lease again, another stock I do like. It has had a bearish run through here, as you can see, it fell quite heavily through here, um, but that's just readjusting, and that's not unusual. 49% down, but it's been bullish for several months now, um, and it's just going on that nice little angle there, so I don't think you have much to worry about here on this stock. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and again, I would just put my stop loss on this stock and sit tight with it. But again, you probably bought it at the wrong time. If you're down 5% on this, you've obviously bought it. Also, it's possibly somewhere in here on the way through, but um, I don't have an issue with it at this point in time. Let's get on to the next one. Um, what's that one? Scott Lawson I've got there. Again, I'm going to try and get through as many questions as I can and stocks that I can, but if I miss yours, um, I'm sorry about that, but I can't get through to everybody tonight. Um, Scott says, hi, Dale, a friend recently bought AGH at $1.19. This is after it restarted to trade. Currently traded down around 85 cents online. Trade forum has positive profit. She is thinking long term. Seriously? They're on the, long, on the trade forum. AGH. Let me have a quick look at that. AGH. And let's bring that up. Yeah, look, that looks bearish to me. Um, really forums are the blind leading the blind guys. I don't know why people get into the chat forums because you don't know who you're dealing with. There's no accountability on the people in that forum giving you that information and advice. I'm the person sitting in front of this camera and I'm also somebody who manages tens of millions of dollars of clients funds and you can see that on our website, our AFSL license. So I am very much responsible for stuff that I say here in terms of you can find me, you know who I am, but if I've got this crazy stupid you know, handle in a chat forum and I'm telling you to do something, then why would you trust that sort of stuff? That's really what I'm getting at. And, and to me, if you, um, and I've often said to people that, uh, would you give all your money to somebody else with your knowledge and skill, your level of knowledge, skill and experience? And most people say no. Um, so then why would you divorce that into somebody in a chat form? That's the first mistake. But um, looking at a theory group, I don't like it. It's, it's just gone bullish. It's somebody trying to get people to buy it so that they can probably get out of it. And they, they, you get that ramping all the time, but looking at this stock at this point in time, 1.7 million shares at you know, 80, 90 cents. So if your, your friend doesn't know what they're doing, they seriously shouldn't necessarily have their money in this sort of stock. Um, so please, Scott, have a nice chat with them, have an honest chat with them, and tell them to read my book um, first up. Um, Amy Nat says, hi Dale, would love to hear your thoughts on Appen. Um, Appen we've looked at a few times. I don't own, but have it on my watch list. Really enjoying your book and learning a lot. Thank you very much. So uh, let's bring up Appen, so A-P-P-N. Let's have a quick look at that. Um, yeah, I don't mind this stock at this point in time. It is a bit, little bit bearish the last week or so, but it's just coming back, I think. But um, again, just have a stop loss on it. That's really what I would suggest you do on this at this point in time. Very bearish week, but I'd like to see some green bars. If we don't see some green bars here, I think I wouldn't be 
too excited about it. But if it does go below that 23.56, I think I'd be getting rid of it. It's uh, got a bit further to go, but um, you know, um, have some rules around it. Pretty much, that's pretty much what I'm saying here. Um, H Zaki, um, I think I said that right. Says hi, Dale. Thanks for the show. If I bought a share, for example, for $100 and is now worth $120 how much the stop loss would be? Um, interesting question. That's where you have a trailing stop loss. There's two types of stop losses um, that I talked about earlier. One is initial stop loss, or what we call an initial stop loss, which is that percentage of your buy price. So that's the first price you have that, and you'll have that straight away. Once you're in profit, now you're on that example, you're 20% in profit from $100 to $120. You would then put in your trailing stop loss. Um, and as an example, we did use a trend line on that. So it's not about setting a price for that. It's just having a trend line underneath that. And the trend line will slowly trail that up, up that stop loss for you up underneath the price rising of the stock. And there are a lot of other rules and tools we use for trailing stop losses, but pretty much it's too hard for me to explain specifically to you and this is where I have trouble with some of the questions that people are asking me you know like if you're not a student of our diploma course which is a lot of in-depth knowledge and, and structure and process and also a lot of detailed rules like just trendline rules it's like pages and pages and pages of trendline rules so that you get them right and you know how to make a lot more money out of them it's not just I can write a paragraph on trendline so you know what a trendline is but that's just intellectually so for me to explain properly trailing stop losses, I really have to break it down so you really do understand it. And it's not really possible um, on a YouTube channel um, over a couple of minutes. But right now, I would just put a trailing stop loss on it, whether it's a trend line or something else, but do that. Um, but really, really good question. We've got um, Peter Bush. He says, hi, Dale. Would like your thoughts on AZJ. I bought in March on Dow entry and has since risen steeply in price. Any thoughts on where it might stop? A, what's that, AZJ? Let me just bring that up, AZJ. Uh, and let's have a bit of a look at that. Look at that, it is gone vertical, hasn't it? So look, it's just broken through those all-time highs on it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten months up. Really, it's not about, again, it's not about how far it's going to rise. And I, and I keep saying this all the time, people, it's not about where whether it hits $100, $200, or whether it hits $10 or $20, it's, is it going up, stay with it. If it's going down, get out of it. It's as simple as that because you don't want to get out of stocks that are going up. So pretty much if you just protect your downside here, who cares how high it goes as long as it's going up. And that's really the point here is we focus too much on how much we can make and not how much we can lose if we don't get our exit strategy correct. So this could double in the next two years, I don't know. And right now, unless I spent probably half an hour on this, I wouldn't be able to tell you accurately where it's going to go because I need to put a lot of work into it to determine where I think it is. But right now it's in blue sky. Just protect your downside. That's really all I'm saying. And I have a trailing stop loss on that, Peter. So just please do that. Um, Graham, Ballymakers, any thoughts on gold explorers that may benefit from a possible up and coming gold bull market? I've had a couple of questions around gold at this point in time and really... Um, not really. I don't really have it. it. Means gold does when it goes up, you do get stocks going up with it, or those those gold miners going up. So just look at the gold miners and then place some rules around them. So 
Um, gold is looking a little bit better right now um, and I do like it and there's some miners that I do actually like. Um, but just pick up, pick the stocks and start applying some rules into it. But uh, really, a lot of people talk about things like lithium or other stuff because lithium's doing something then in, in for batteries, we should just buy all these lithium stocks. But really, there are gold stocks there I'd keep my money out of, and there are some gold stocks I would put my money into it. And really, there's probably only two, the two, the couple of big ones, that's it. The rest of them I'd probably stay out of because they're not, they're a bit more volatile and not necessarily as solid. So look at the couple of big ones and keep your money in those ones. But nice question. Um, Harmony Green says, Newcrest Mining, uh, what's your thoughts and NUF? So um, let's look at Newcrest Mining. So NCM. And then we'll, oh, sorry, I forgot to do the other one. What was the other one? NUF, um, New Farm. Um, let me go to Newcrest. Newcrest is looking brilliant. Look at that, beautiful. One thing that worries me, it's just going up quite vertical at this point in time. So seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven bars, and the, that move is really vertical. And as you can see, it's getting really close to its all-time high around, where is that one? Around 43, 47. And here it's 38.87, so it's getting close, but it's going quite vertical. And you can see here the history of this stock, the angle that it normally travels on, if I just did like from there to there, roughly, and let me put, drag this over, you can see how vertical that is compared to that, whereas this one's basically about the same speed. So when stocks start going really, really vertical, that means they're gonna run out of steam at some stage um, and not too distant future. They generally don't run for years at these sorts of speeds. So, and it's one, two, three months, it's really taken off. So I would suggest it's gonna ease off in the not too distant future. And because it's getting close to this all time high, I would expect some downward moves over the next couple of months. Um, on this stock, so whether you own it or not, I'm not sh really sure, um, was it harming? I'm not sure whether you own it or you don't own it, but right now I would suggest it's probably going to start slowing down, but let's look at um, New Farm again. This one looks like it could be really one of those, uh, I won't say a bottom pick, but one of those stocks that is a good pick, not necessarily bottom picking, because it's found a lot of support around this sort of level, around 370 and everything else. And we've had one month up. This month's been a little bit bearish, but it's like some of those other stocks we looked at a little bit earlier in the show where it's starting to move up steadily. Now, this low here is at $4.22. This one's at $4.33. So staying above that and starting to move up, I do think this is looking nice. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, we're in month, week 10. So if we get a bar above here, we'll probably be in like 11, 12, 13, and I think uh, that would be a nice stock to put sort of a medium term type of view. So it is a good looking pick. So uh, well done, Harmony Green. So, and again, sorry about the, I think the guys did something with your comment last week. So it was just a, a fat finger, what they call them. They accidentally did something there. So um, Dave McElroy said, hi, Dale, I'm holding ASX at the moment. Well done, buddy. And I was wondering when do I, when should I sell? I've held them for two years. Do you think it's close to the top? Again, it's if they're going up, stay with them. It's not about where the top could be um, to some degree, but it's about where the downside is in terms of how you're planning to get out. If you've been holding for two years making money, which you would have been on this stock, if we do have a look at this, so the last couple of years, you would have made, if that's say here, October 2018, you're up 50%, so you're doing well. It looks strong. Um, it is going a little bit more vertical, and here it's still looking on a nice trend. You can see that angle is quite sustainable, can't you? It's a beautiful, nice angle through there, so I would stick with it, put a stop loss underneath it, and not worry about the upside. Don't 
always be concerned about what you can lose. And that's the, really the big thing that I wanna keep saying about tonight is always look at the risk of holding. If you hold a stock that's going up, what risk have you got? Right now, you could sell, sell this stock and you would have absolutely no issue. You'd be able to take your profits, take your capital um, and go and sit on the beach somewhere. And that's really what you can do. But if you're losing money on a stock, that's worse. If you've bought a stock and it's fallen below your buy price, you're actually losing capital. That's worse. So hanging on to stocks that are going up is what you should be doing. Getting out of stocks that are going down is what you should be doing. So um, let's look at if we've got any more questions. We've got Daniel K says, hi, Doug, could I get your opinion on Oz? We haven't looked at Oz for a little while. So let's have a quick look at Oz in our last couple of minutes. OZL. And looking at this, this has always been one of those great stocks. A lot of people, traders tend to love this stock because it does it is quite volatile, as you can see through all here. And it's been trending up reasonably well since sort of that 2013. It's very sort of a sustainable trend on this stock. If I'm going to use my trend line through here, you can see sort of that angle that it's been moving along. And it's, it's just moving up and down around that angle. And I think at this point in time, it does look all right. There's some resistance there across through here. So if you do, uh, where is it, where's my, no, nope, I don't have it there. But if you look at there, there's some sort of resistance across here. But when it gets through that, I think the sky's the limit for this sort of stock. So let's see what's going to happen. At the moment it's down for the last couple of days. And so it does look, or last couple of weeks, I'd say. Um, it does look a little bit more bearish. It is more volatile stock, this one. So it's a little bit, if you can see there, it moves quite fast. There's 20% in one, two, three, four, five, six weeks but then it falls away. So you just need to have some solid rules on it. But if it does continue to fall away and it gets below that low there of 880, then it's probably gonna go right down to about 820 or below. But if we start seeing, I wouldn't get too excited about it till it got through that sort of $11 level. And I'd rather give that 10 or 15 or 20% off the bottom here and not try and bottom pick it, so to speak, um, to wait for to make sure it's going up and it's being in a nice trend. And that's really what I would like to do. So, but uh, there's been a whole lot of great questions tonight, which is fantastic. So, and I hope you really did enjoy tonight's show. And thanks for participating. It's really good when there's lots of questions and lots of diversity in some of those questions too. And I like to see that people asking really nice thought out questions about why you should be buying something, what's happening with the market and a whole range of issues. It's, it is so easy just to throw out a stock saying, what do you think of X, Y, Z and say, Dale, tell me. Um, and the whole purpose of our YouTube channel is to teach you to be far more intelligent as an investor or trader and to actually use rules around buying and selling and structure and process because again you know if we to to give you an example if we all jumped had cars and we had no road road rules if there was no road rules at all in anywhere in australia and everybody had cars what do you think would happen there would be pandemonium out there and so by having road rules keeps people safe and it gets you from point a to point b and that's really what i'm suggesting you do and if the market over the last few weeks has scared you or worried you or been fearful of it, if you've made emotional decisions then that really is a big sign that's in front of you saying hey you do need to understand a little bit more and you do need to learn a little bit more but um, um, we do really thank you for participating and if you'd like to see our show grow um, which it has been over the past few weeks then remember to share it with your social media friends um, on youtube twitter facebook you name it whatever you've got keep sharing it because the more people that join the more we can share with you and uh, the more we can do and the more you learn the more we help everybody else to make good returns on the marketplace which
which is really, really nice. Over the next month or so, you're going to see a few more changes to the show, and uh, Janine will be back probably in about two or three weeks, so that'll put things to another level again. But also make sure you put this show on your calendar next year, so you're back uh, next week. So you're back online next week at Tuesday at 7 p.m. Every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. on YouTube, so be there. Now, if you can't be with us live next week, you're always, or we are always happy to receive your questions. So send them through to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within live in the subject line. So, but if you have any questions, you uh, also, if you're looking at education and, and you want to talk to our guys, just pick up the team. We've got an educational team who are all traders themselves. Uh, and they'd love to talk to you about trading and what you're doing now and, and if we can help you as well to get you to where you want to be. But uh, that really does bring us to the end of the show and we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, and as always, thanks for taking part. We'll see you again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.